Let's let it roll! Welcome back to the next episode of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are on episode number 20 now, so that's pretty cool. Uh, getting somewhere. Got a bunch of episodes. But I am jo- I'm your host, Jacob Hughley, and I am joined today by a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of guests. We've got, as always, Seth Gross, Jack Mueller. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Yeah, doing well. Sitting on a balcony, just overlooking the sunrise. Here in Charlottesville. Cool, cool. We are joined once again by Mr. Sam Herring. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing really, really good. I'm really excited to get going with this. All right. And then special guest today, uh, assistant coach at UNI, Lee Roper. How are you doing, Lee? I couldn't be any better, man. Beautiful day in Iowa, as most days are, and get to nerd out on some wrestling. So, man, I'm, I'm pretty dang happy right now. Heck yeah, there's not a better way to start your morning. No you way. Guys, I think all of you guys are earlier than me. I guess me and Jack are on the same time, but um, I guess all of y'all are on we're, yeah, what time we're zone? On Central. Central. Central, all of y'all? Man, so you're even earlier than we are. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead and get into this thing, man. I, I'm super excited to start talking about it. Um, and let's pull up the bracket. Sam, give me privileges. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was off. Yep, you're good. All right, you're good. All right, so I'm going to pull up this bracket, uh, and we'll just go ahead and get talking about it. And so before we get into, you know, making our our big picks and, and arguments and whatever we want to do, I'm just interested. I know that Coach Roper, I know you've seen the bracket a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I'm interested to see, is, is there anything you disagree with or or anything that jumps out at you? Oh, man, McMullen was so good. There's, all these guys are so good, so it's hard to nitpick some things. But, man, McMullen was so good. I was actually surprised that Flieger got picked over him. Um, uh, Port Moore was really close, in my opinion, but I'm a huge Mitchell Port fan. I've been watching that guy for a long time, all the way back high school days. Um, some guys that got left off a little bit older, Chad Kraft, Zapital. I mean, those – Zapital. I put him in the finals. I really don't care who he matches up with outside of maybe Trenge or Snyder. So um, there's some older guys that got left off a little bit, but um, I know the old guys get ignored some. So I wanted to give some love to Chad Kraft and Zapital. Those two guys were hammers for never winning it. Absolutely. Um, and for the record, I was the only person to vote Port, so I'm with you on that. <laughs> but – uh Jack, how are you feeling now? Because I know uh, you were a little heated last time we left. I'm still heated. <laughs> Sam Hayes should be in the quarterfinals. <laughs> Against Trinj? Oh, come on now. Hayes was awesome. He was great. Trinj is going to win this thing. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's, either him, it's either him or Snyder all day long. That's my time right there. That dude was a hammer. Hammer, man. Uh, He's so good. <laughs> Hayeswinkle beat so many national champs. Was I know, man. Top two. He was great. Did you uh, see his uh, his case on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. He posted in the comments. He posted like his career record and people he'd beaten, and it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy. He was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed for him. I think I was more mad though, to be honest. Yeah. 
Um, man. Light, lightweight's got to stick together. That's all that is right there. Lightweight, <laughs> lightweight loves. Heck yeah. 125 <laughs> is life, man. You guys oh. go through some terrible things making weight, so I get it. I understand. Oh, yeah. I've got some horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's just go ahead and get jumped into it. Um, we, we, were, we have been up until this point doing one round per show, but – you know, there's only seven matches left technically. And so we might as well just go ahead and, and do this whole thing in the interest of having a, a full show and not like a 20 minute, a 10 minute, and a five minute. Um, so we'll just go ahead and start up at the top. <sighs> the, the match that, uh, that took Jack off last time, Tringe moving on to the quarterfinals to face Nick Simmons. Uh, so we got Tringe versus Simmons. Man. This uh, this John Trenge run has been awesome. It it really yeah, has. Right, right out Poeta, so. uh, Poeta and Hayeswinkle. I mean, can we just give him the trophy already? Or he's got a, he's got a little bit more to go. Yeah, a little bit more. Um, all right. Does anybody have any strong opinions on this one? Jackson. Actually, thinking of, thinking about it now, I want to run back uh, how much I disregarded that. Because thinking about the matchup, uh, Tringe was so good from his overhook position. Uh, had so many ways to score. He'd polish step. He'd inside trip. Had a pretty good foot sweep out of there. He'd go backside single when the guy would change his lead leg. But Hayeswinkle has the tools to actually effectively negate that. Nobody's going to go upper body and make Hayeswinkle uh, – uh, uncomfortable so I got to run that back I'm gonna have to think about that match a little bit I dismissed it and said trend all day but Hayes with his upper body and Greco skills he might have been able to negate some of what Tringe was gonna do so man with all his wins I gotta think about that one a little bit more um, but man Tringe was around my time and I got to watch him a whole lot and just it's hard for me not to be biased on it just the way people thought about him going on the mat just Everybody he wrestled, it wasn't even – not only was he going to win, it wasn't going to be close. He blew so many people out. He scored so many different ways. And there was just a handful of guys that could give him problems. And most of those came down to those last few rounds at NCAAs. But, man, that guy was a score machine and could score from a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, well, it might make it a little easier just to remind everybody we are – when we're picking these matches – um, because these dudes are like completely different weights. I mean, Trench was what, 97 and, uh, Hayes was 25, 33. Um, so we're, we're just kind of, I mean, we can go off of whatever criteria you want in your head. Um, but not as much like individual, like matchups, right? Take because, don't, don't put, don't put me in a box. I can I put, whatever that. I want. Don't put me in a box here. That's like, that's what I make the majority of my picks off of. All right, well, then Coon, there we go. Giant, <laughs> he wins. But everybody's um, that size, right? We can make them as big as they want to. You imagine Kyle, Imagine Snyder being that fast, that big. Come on, that's a scary man. I ain't I messing so. with that. That ain't fair. This is a heavyweight bracket now. They're all heavyweights. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, man, I, I don't know where to get started on this. Um, Coach Roper, do you have any way you're leaning for Trench Simmons? Um, again, it's, I go back to kind of the reputation that Trench had when I wrestled and just how good he was. And he was regarded being one of the best guys from his freshman year on. And the same can be said for Simmons, but he really didn't really get to that elite elite. He's going to beat everybody. It's not going to be close outside of those first matchups until a little bit later in his career. 
So I'm going to go with trends, just how good he was right off the bat from his freshman year. So I'm, I'm going to go trends in that one as much as it hurts me because Simmons is my dude and that, uh, that guy won a whole lot. He's a guy I would never want to get on top of me or wrestle in any position for that matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna jump on board with that. I got trench twos, man. Yeah, I think that I think the one thing that that people, you know, that that kind of, I think he would be even more clear cut winner if he would have wrestled that one season in the NCAs. And uh, I think that you know, looking back, he beat all those guys that year. I think that's huge. And um, and he just beat Hayes Winkle, and Hayes Winkle had Simmons number for most of their. I think he did. He ever lose to Hayes, or did Hayes Wakefield ever lose to Simmons? I can't remember, but uh, not at NCAA's. I, what's that? Not at NCAA's. Yeah, so so I think that's a big thing here too. If if Trench is beating Hayes Winkley, he's got to beat Simmons here. So I got Trench. I'm yep. right there behind you. Um, I I love Nick Simmons. He's actually been really supportive since I started the podcast. Um, I talked to him a little bit, but um, John Trench was. So incredible. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't watch him um, because I don't even know if I was born when he was wrestling. Um, but I've gone back and seen a lot of his film and stuff. And man, what he did to guys when he was in college was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the documentary that was done on him. There's a documentary. Veritas. That Veritas. That's it. I, I thank you. I appreciate that, man. It's really good. Yeah, it was gotta awesome. watch that. Yeah, I have it on DVD somewhere in my house. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Trench as well. I mean, it's already decided. But um, something I've kind of forgotten about was he took off his shoes and left him on the mat after his third-place match at NCAAs, and he got a standing ovation from everyone in the crowd. I think that people like that, you know, after a third-place match, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, the only other time I can really think since I've been at NCAAs um was was Tarau when he got the standing ovation after his big tournament where he got fourth um but like just the respect that he had um and then obviously hearing about how great his freshman season was when he couldn't compete and then uh losing to Kale should have beaten Han all these things so yeah yeah I think uh I think Tomasello got standing o uh, third place like that too right yeah yeah, uh, yeah probably miles martin with that also but yeah yeah i'm gonna go trench uh respect the specs he's a uh, gotta love the glasses man i love somebody that battled through adversity and and got back to the main stage twice after it um, i definitely gotta watch that documentary i got it pulled up so i'm gonna watch it later but we've got trench moving on in the first matchup um, I'm going to put that in, and as I do, we'll go ahead and get started on the next one, Adam Kuhn versus Brian Snyder. Uh, Coach Roper, do you, are you, you cool starting us off? Tell us a little bit about these guys. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, most people that are listening to this probably got to watch Kuhn wrestle since he's um, a little bit more recent and still competing now. And uh, another one of those guys like Hayeswinkle that can be competitive at a high level in all styles. So, man, that's, that has some high marks in, in my book. There's not a lot of guys that can do that. But, man, Brian Snyder, again, being a competitor around that time and hearing how people talked about him and got, like, being able to watch it, he was one of those guys when he would go out and wrestle. I was always a weight class or two bigger than him. But when I would watch it, I'd be like, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in that guy's weight class because speed is the thing that gives me fits. 
and like Snyder and Poeta, both guys in this bracket, those are some of the fastest guys I've ever watched wrestle with their foot speed, being able to cover distance on the mat. So, man, Snyder, in my opinion, when I first looked at all this and kind of went through it, I was like, he's going to, in my opinion, he's going to be the guy that wins it. And um, just for whatever reason, and ever, I don't know Brian real well, other than outside of some him recruiting some guys that I coached. But uh, for whatever reason, man, when it came down to crunch time, he was never at his best. But if you watched a lot of his matches and you saw him at his best, you'd see that that's the best guy in the country in his weight class. It didn't matter who else was there. And, uh, man, just an incredible wrestler in all positions for me. It's Snyder. He gets my vote in this one. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, it's going to be Snyder for me as well. I think making it to two NCAA finals and losing in overtime twice, there's got to be something said about that. Um, it's hard. It really is hard. It's not an easy decision for me. Um, I mean, the, the guys that Kuhn has wins over is is a really big deal. Um, what does he have wins over? Tony Nelson. Uh, Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder, Gwazowski. I mean – just the dude has beaten everybody in that heavyweight era, right? So while he did lose in two finals, he also beat both those guys at one point. And so it, it's not an easy thing to just kind of go right over. Um, but I don't, in my mind at least, I don't think Kuhn was going to win either of those finals matches, whereas I think Snyder was obviously right there, the favorite, you know, losing in, in heartbreakers twice. So I'm going to go Snyder as well. What do you got, Jack? Um, I've got Kuhn. Um, probably a recency bias for sure. Um, but I think that over the past like three dominant heavyweight eras, Kuhn has a win over all three. I mean, Tony Nelson, Gwazdowski, and Kyle Snyder, like you said. Um, I think it's just hard to beat that. Uh, from And those are the guy that, guys that won it. So we're yes. looking at best to never win it. He beat the guys that won it, but never was able to perform that same way at the end of the season. And I also think he should be a four-time All-American. I don't know what was up with him that freshman year, but he was beating some of those the best yeah. guys. He had a win over Tony Nelson, like we talked he was about. Killing it, yeah. He was killing it up till Big Tens. He kind of did. He did real bad at Big Tens, and then he did round of twelve at NCAs. But before that, I, I, what did he have? Did he have even a loss? I think one loss, maybe. Maybe. If that, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've got Adam Kuhn. Uh, freaking Brian Snyder's a stud, though. This one's tight. Um, I can only imagine what, what that does to your mind, two tiebreakers in the finals, but uh, stud for sure. I'm, I'm right there behind you, um, as you might have guessed. I, I do think it might be a little bit of recency bias, but at the same time, same as Jack said, he does have the credentials to back it up. That's 2-2, two, oh. two, Seth. Oh, man, I was hoping to get my vote in before this, so the pressure was on, <laughs> dude. Why you got to do that to me, Sam? Oh. Um. <laughs> All right, so tell me a little bit. Who knows? What are, what are some of Snyder's biggest wins in college? Anybody know? I'm going to throw this one to Lee. I don't, I don't give, give me a second. I'll have to pull it up, the details of it up. Somebody fill some guy, time. He's got to beat some hammers like Kuhn did, too. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. I got Luke Becker. Um, the issue is, is that I'm only pulling up NCAAs, so yeah. it's like lost to TJ Williams and tiebreakers. Um, 
Okay, let's just focus on – anybody watch T.J. Williams, Russell? I have a couple times. Okay, so overtime with T.J. Williams. This is a guy that lost one match in his college career, wrestling a Big Ten schedule at the University of Iowa. Mm. That's it for me. That's it for me. Yeah. T.J. Williams is one of the best guys to ever wrestle. To ever wrestle. Yeah, I've seen a couple matches, and that, that dude's unreal. Thinks he does. Oh, man. I'm going to go Brian Snyder for the win this round. I, go. I'm you up in the run. air, but Congrats. I don't know. I think, I think they're pretty, pretty, pretty even with each other. I think the one thing that kind of leans Snyder is how close he was in his final matches. I think that who wasn't close? Either of those matches versus Snyder's losing overtime matches both times, and well, like like uh, Ali said here, he was he was a guy that people just thought he was the best in the weight class, and I think people were shocked that he never won won a title. Where Kuhn, I don't think was ever. I think he might have been his favorite going into Snyder that second year, possibly, but I don't think anybody was shocked to see him lose. Well, Snyder beat him at Big Tens, right? So yeah, he he, uh, Snyder was still the one seed going into the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's that's where it went for me was that Snyder was the favorite at certain points, and Kuhn never really was. Um, but we've got one semifinal set up. That's John Trench versus Brian Snyder. Um, and on the other side, we're going to go ahead and jump up to the top. Chris Flieger versus Lance Palmer. Uh, I'm really interested to hear your Coach Roper's take on this one because he, he said it was, it was pretty cut and dry for him before we got on. So what do you got, Coach Roper? Man, Palmer for me, and and again, like I said, it's hard to argue against any of these guys. They're so good. And Flieger's a guy that's around my age too. I think he's about a year older than me. And got a, actually, I technically for me the way I wrestled, I got a lot watching Flieger. Anybody that was a crab rider and scored a lot of points that way, I watched a lot of film on. So man, I've I've put some time into watching Flieger wrestle and studying this stuff. But man, Palmer with the weight class that he was competing in and how well he did. Man, it really doesn't get a whole lot deeper than 149 around that time. And you can look at brackets through all of history. And I really think that's probably one of the reasons he doesn't have a title or two. You put him in another time wrestling against other guys, he's probably going to be the best guy. It was just how deep it was. Not just one or two guys at the top. You can go down seven, eight, nine, ten guys, and they're all really, really good wrestlers. And how well he did through that, that's the reason I'm going to give Palmer the nod. And, uh, Man, just an absolute monster on top with his leg ride. And, man, good throughout his career. Never really had a lot of downswings where you were wondering, oh, what's up with this guy? He was just really consistent. Consistency for me is one of the things personally that I enjoy about wrestlers, the guys that are pretty steady Eddie, and that's what you got out of Palmer. You didn't see a whole lot of matches that made you go, hmm, that was strange. And, and that's why I give him the nod over Flieger. Because Flieger had a few performances where you're like, man, what's up with that dude? That didn't look like – uh, Chris Flieger, I know, but um, at their best, I might say Flieger at their best, but I'm going Palmer with consistency. I think he's he's the guy more times more times out of ten than Flieger is. Yeah. Okay. So I got a question with that too. Uh, we talked a little bit about it with with Earl from the Open Mat last episode, and uh, Palmer didn't ever redshirt, right? And yeah. so all of those crazy brackets he went through. We, we ended up, you know, kind of thinking about it. And if he had redshirted, 
push him back one year, that, that would push him into the Kyle Dake 149 year. Um, so how do you think a, a Lance Palmer, a Kyle Dake or sophomore year would work out? I think That's that'd be a fun man. one. Um, I don't know if you can ride Kyle Dake with legs. So he better be quick getting that second boot in because Kyle's got just this weird flexibility and his slip feel on his leg ride. That'd be interesting to see because – Man, that's really one of the best things that Dake's good at. And that's obviously Palmer with his leg ride. That's the thing he's best at. So that second boot better come in quick on Dake or you're probably getting reversed. That'd be an interesting matchup. I'm going to do some thinking about that one when I'm doing some work today. Oh, Tyrone Lewis, Lance Palmer. I didn't even notice that. Tyrone Lewis, man, that was the best guy I ever wrestled. He put some beatings on me. <laughs> that guy was so good. And if you talk to anybody in the Oklahoma State room, Tyrone Lewis in the room, that was the dude. He just, for whatever reason, would never open up in his matches. Man, that was a match back then. I missed that one looking through it. Tyrone Lewis should be in this bracket right here. He should still be winning. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sam, do you have a, you have your comment yet? I got Lance Palmer. Um, I just – he was so good. And we talked about him with Brent Metcalf in the, in the best of the decade duels. He was so incredible. Obviously, like the era of 149 in the last years have been incredible uh, between Zane, Metcalf, and Palmer. Um, but he was right there with those guys, and I think he's he's at the top of this. I think he can get pretty far in this bracket. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him. Yeah. So just update. Um, we haven't really been going by it, but uh, the Twitter poll had Nick Simmons in round one, 57 percent, and then Coon Snyder that we just talked about, uh, there was 30 votes on it because posted it a little bit late, um, but it was 50-50. So there was absolutely no decision there. Uh, and then this one, Lance Palmer is kind of the runaway favorite, 78%. Um, I, I, I know where my vote is, so I, I think I'm going to let somebody else go. Uh, Seth, what are you thinking? Man, I'm going to have to – I've gone against Palmer, I think, the last two times. And I think I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Flieger in this one. Dang. And I don't know. I think I think that that arrow was unbelievable. Also, I don't think we looked at it last time, but the time he did get eighth place, you know, who did he who did he beat along the way? You know, because obviously the guys ahead of him were unreal, but who was underneath him and who did he have to beat to get that eighth place? So I don't know. I think I think. Uh, I think I'm just leaning up Flieger a little bit. I don't know. Jack, it looks like you got something to say. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of holding out because I've been wanting Palmer um, past two times, but he didn't beat anyone that eighth. Um, I've looked at it a few times. Granted, he's got a win over double Hodge winner or one-time Hodge winner, Brent Metcalf. And yeah. He's a win over Burroughs too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what Earl was saying last time. And he mentioned uh, – who else did he mention? I think Dustin Schlater, so another national mm. champ. Um, great wins. I'm um, trying to find Flieger's biggest wins. So Sean Bunch, Jason Powell, Mac Ryder, very good wins. Um, I think it was before Jason Powell kind of shot up and dominated everyone that year that he won it. Um I got to go Lance on this one. Uh, just the better wins. Uh, and def there's definite recency bias. Um, but 
when you're in a weight like that, and I, I still think that Lance would beat or at least have a shot at beating 149 Jake more than most of those people in that weight class that year. Yeah, I agree. So my – it's obviously – it's already decided, um, and I, I'm going to go Palmer as well. But w- what I was thinking was I, – I literally watched this match yesterday, and I can't remember who it was. Who did Flieger wrestle in the finals? Which one? Valenti um, or Travis Lee? I watched Valenti. Um, but did he have a win over either of those guys? I'm assuming he had a win over Travis Lee, but I don't know about – Yeah. yeah I mean, it, look it up. It wasn't, it, it wasn't going to be a deciding factor for me. I'm going Palmer either way. But, um, I mean, Palmer had a win in the Big Tens over Metcalf, you know, going into NCAA. So, I think that was a, a big deal. You know, he did lose, but he also beat the guy the week before. So, but it is decided we have three of our four semifinalists, and we'll just find out who the fourth one is. Um, so, we have Colin Moore versus Mac Lunas. Man, this one this one's uh interesting, right? Because you have Colin Moore who is definitely going to be a lot of recency bias cuz cuz he just finished wrestling and we have a sour taste in our mouth with the COVID-19 situation. Um uh, but he he also might be the pick, who knows. Um uh, Mac Lunas was an absolute beast during that time and, and was the favorite multiple times, but I'm going to kick it to coach Roper. Coach, what you got on this? Um, this one's probably the easiest one for me. It's Mac Lunas, um, just from depth of the weight class. And not only, especially Lunas's best year, he wasn't just unbeatable in most people's eyes. He wasn't giving up takedowns. He had gone some ridiculous match streak without giving up any takedowns. And it ended up being, took one of the best guys to ever do it, Ed Ruth, to kind of break that myth that, hey, this guy can get scored on. And it was really Ed's length and far quick finish, far reach. It wouldn't let Lunas use his weird flexibility and and strength that he had. Just a really rare combination of really heavy hips, but still really flexible. Could almost get down to full splits. He was just, man, really tough to finish on in those positions and had great offense in his own right. So for me, this is probably the easiest one that I don't have much debate on. For me, it's Mac Lunas. Probably nine times out of ten, and that's not taking a whole lot away from Colin Moore, but he hasn't been in the best weight classes since he's been in college and still didn't get it done. So for me, I'm Mac Lunas all day long. All right. Uh, let's, let's go to Jack. What do you got, Jack? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm actually right there with, with Lee. Um, I'm trying to think of Colin Moore's best win. I don't know who Who that might be. His (laughs) freshman year in the big tens. I feel like he beat somebody really good. Uh, what year is that? Twenty sixteen. It's gotta be. When lost a, I think he lost to Sammy Brooks really early. Uh, I think it was twenty seventeen Big Tens. That was the year he lost to Brett Farr in the semifinals at NCAA. So. Yeah. Maybe Brett Farr. Um, not a hundred percent sure leads. on that. While y'all looking that up, I- I'm gonna go ahead and go. Um, I- I'm also gonna pick Lunas. Um, and the reasoning for that is that it, it's just really hard to look past two undefeated seasons going into NCAA as being the favorite. Tournament. He beat Brett Farr in the finals. Yeah. Um, Brett Farr. But, yeah, yeah, Mac Lunas was two undefeated seasons going into NCAA as the number one seed twice. Um, I think 
you know, as far as talking about the best to never win, it, it really, it's a big factor for me thinking about that sophomore year where Lunas was undefeated, number one seed, the clear favorite, and ends up not placing. Um, I think that's a, that's a big letdown, and, and that's a big reason for him being one of the best to never win. Um, also, I mean, the year that he lost to Borschel in the finals, he hadn't been taken down until the finals. And so, you know, talk about a level of domination um, that I don't really believe Colin might have had. Um, you know, Colin was, was very dominant this year, his senior year, and I think in my mind without question he was going to win it. Um, and so that, that definitely hurts as a, a fan of Colin Moore, but I, I just don't think that the dominance level was the same. Um, and so I'm going to go Lunas. I mean, it's already over, but I think I'm leaning more a little bit. Yeah, I think he was dominant this year. I think he was dominant last year outside of Bo Nickel. I mean, I don't think he had too many close matches outside of the Nickel match matches, I guess. And um, I don't know he was in front. I mean, outside of Spencer Lee, if Spencer Lee, you know, didn't win the Hodge, he was the next up in line, I think, to win it. And the only other guy that received any votes and uh, – yeah, I mean, it sucks what happened, but I think he was a guy that was – I was probably the most confident, you know, outside of, you know, not not looking at my own weight class this year, but uh, that I was confident that he was going to win at 197. And, yeah, I think uh, for me, it's a guy I'm always going to think of probably because I wrestled around – well, he was my era, my time, same age and stuff. But uh, he's always going to be one of the guys I think is the best to never win. But, uh, yeah, I got Colin, but I know it's already over. But that's my guy right there. I'm with Colin, too. I don't know. You guys seem really confident in Mac Lunas, but, I mean, we're talking about best to never win it. Nobody was going to beat him this year. He was going to be out of this bracket this year if uh, the obvious didn't happen. Um, I I must be having severe recency bias because I really felt confident that I would pick more, and I really thought a lot of other people would pick him, too. Um, it was pretty clear to me. I think My the- issue more is is the, like – the best win like yeah he does he not have had a good, some he doesn't have a best win that's true yeah but you can only wrestle guys that are in your weight class too and in this last i mean it's just been weak probably the last two two three years of that weight to be honest bo nickel and brett Farr were the two guys nobody beats bo nickel guys go back go back and watch his matches with uh eric schultz and cordell norfleet colin moore's from this year yeah, I don't think Vegas. I don't think you can say he was gonna hands down win this bracket. No, it was it was at a duel with Norfleet. Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, he was State, he was yeah. beating him really bad, and then he got taken down like four or five times in the end of the second, and then the third. Oof. Yeah. But. Um, but we got we got Mac Lunas moving on. Um. With a close three-two vote, Palmer's the only guy that I actually picked that moved on. <laughs> hey man, got to step your game up. Now half these guys are from, I mean, a while ago. So yeah, it's a uh, it's not it's, like you it's have. It's hard for me to really know. Yeah. know these guys. Like I know Colin Moore way better than I know these guys, which Absolutely. I'm telling you is probably why I felt so compelled to pick him. Yeah. All right, well, we have our semifinals set. Um, I actually just posted it on Twitter, so we'll see if we get any votes. Um, But semifinals, the first semifinal we're going to talk about. uh, Actually, let's 
Y'all want to go Palmer Lunas first? Are we cool with that? Yeah, let's do that. The other I think, I think the other one is probably more fun to talk about. So um, Lance Palmer versus Mac Lunas is our first semifinal we're going to talk about. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about these guys, Palmer a beast, Mac Lunas a beast. Um, Jack, what are you thinking oh, on this don't one? start with me. Uh, duh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, Mac Lunas – very good regular seasons. Uh, I mean, both these guys, it was like number one seed heading into nationals. Um, I mean, obviously, you're never guaranteed, especially in this sport. Um, I got to go Lunas just because um, he's a guy that everyone thought was going to win, even from like the beginning of the season, preseason number one. Um there was no doubt un until he hit nationals. Um, Palmer was a guy that was in some loaded weight classes. But like Seth says, that eighth place, he never really beat anyone. He obviously had some great wins. But <sighs> now I feel like I'm talking myself out of it. <laughs> See, I'll jump in. You talk. You talked me into it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. While you deliberating a bit, I'm going Lunas. And eventually, when we first started, I was like, oh, I think I got to go Palmer because of best win. But then you started talking about the perception going into the tournament. So if it came down to it, and somebody's like, Hey, man, you got 500 bucks. You got to bet on one of these guys to win the tournament. I'm going Mac Lunas. I never would have bet on Palmer in any of the brackets he was in to win it. I wouldn't put any money on him to win his bracket, and I would have a Mac Lunas. I'd have bet money that Lunas would have won a few of the years he was in. So I think I'm going Lunas. I think you talked me into it. I'm going to jump yeah. on board. I'm going I'm to third that with Lunas as well. So I agree. I, I voted against Seth <laughs> Palmer every time. And, you know, he, he's a guy that surprised I mean, he, he, he had a killer career, and he was really good. And I just think, like you said, he was never a guy that I was like, shocked that he was just always that second best guy that was really good really consistent but he never surprised me that he didn't win as much as some of these other guys sam wise what are you thinking mac lunas mac lunas i'll stick with mac lunas too then all right well i guess we're uh mac lunas by unanimous decision this round um, and if, yeah. if I'd have been on the first round too, Tyrone Lewis would have beat him. So we he he just got lucky that he made it through this this long. Lewis <laughs> didn't Lewis didn't cut his weight right. He was a little bit tired that first round. Palmer snuck it through on him. So if I'd have been on that first round, Tyrone Lewis wins that match. <laughs> it should have been Tyrone Lewis versus Colin Moore in the semis. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. He was a. Uh, it's all right, Sam. You can be wrong every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> On the left side, the left side of the bracket is way harder than the right side. Uh, yes, that might just I be agree. my opinion, but Sam Hayeswinkle, Mike Poeta, John Tringe, Percival yeah. Stillman, Tyler no. Caldwell. I think uh, every episode we've spent a whole lot more time on that left side than the than the right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, and there's so many matchups, like first, second round, that I look at, and I'm like, this could be a finals match. You know, like you're talking about Poeta Trenge round one. That's crazy. Trenge Hayeswinkle. Um, Caldwell Coons, a big match. I think there's, ah, shoot, all kinds. 
Craig Brester, Mitchell Port, that that's insane. Um, I'm still really heated about the Gilman losing round one, uh, but As whatever. Well, uh, I'm still not over it. I don't know if I'm ever going to be over it. Um, but we'll what's your take on. on that, Lee? Would you have picked Gilman or would you have picked Percival? That's one of the matches that I was uh, most interested in, and I'd actually I'd like to see him wrestle. They're both crazy physical wrestlers, but I I would have picked Percival in that one. I think he's probably one of the guys in this bracket that most people wouldn't know about how good he was. And then he was another one that was good right off from jump, man. Jake Percival was incredible. He was a great wrestler. Man, you want to talk about pace. Oh, my goodness. He would put a pace on you. That weight is so interesting to me. We, we've hey. talked about it in the past, but it was like Ohio, Jake Percival, Stanford, Matt Gentry, um, Michigan, Ryan Bertine, who's obviously not that mainstream, but it's not like one of the big, the big four, big five schools. Um, Alex Terrapelli, Illinois. Like they, it was an interesting weight class, but they were all studs. I was telling Jack earlier, I mean, Percival might have had a pace, but could he gas guys from bottom? No, I don't. I don't. Actually, probably he probably could. He I was think one only of those Thomas Gilman that can do that. And I think Thomas Gilman would guess Percival from bottom. Uh, Percival Sam in that was group. Mad about that one. No. <laughs> Man, Sam, you got to you got to get on the YouTubes and watch some more older guys. Sam, you just That's a lot I've of these that you do, research. man. I'm going to start sending you some stuff, man. you got to start Please watching do. some of these older guys. Please do. I have way too much time to do that stuff. <laughs> I just love, like, thinking about Thomas Gilman back when that Ethan Lezak match when the other coach uh, yelled, like, he needs seven takedowns to beat you. He's like, seven? That's it? I got it. Um, hey, I, I don't want to jump back a whole lot here, but one of the interesting ones to me is Bo Jordan McLunas. That, to me, is closer – than any of the other matches that Lunas yeah. has been in. Absolutely. It was a tough one for us. I think we spent a lot of time on it, or we had to cap it off quick or something yeah. like that. I think we actually had to end that one pretty quickly, but I think we – did we all go Mac Lunas on that? I think we might have. I think we were yeah. all starting with Bo Jordan, and then we talked about it, and we were like, no, we have the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, well – we have the other semifinal to get to, um, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, finish off our finals with deciding who is the victor over John Trenge or between John Trenge and Brian Snyder, not Kyle Snyder, as uh, Jack's story like to like to think. <laughs> Jack's following apparently is just huge Kyle Snyder fans, and it they is, love Kyle Snyder. Yeah, so uh, John Trenge, Brian Snyder. All right. Uh, let's go Seth. Seth, what do you think on this one? Man, I think that I got to go Trench. He's been on fire this whole tournament, um, knocking dudes off left and right. And it's hard to bet against that guy. He, and I think, you know, he would have been a hundred percent easy winner if he would have wrestled, uh, his sophomore season. And, um, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I think makes us a little bit closer of a matchup, but I'm going to stick with Trench here. He's the guy I got winning this tournament, and uh, I'm going to stick with it. All right. Jack, what are you thinking? This is uh, this is an interesting one because both these guys are a little before me. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go Brian Snyder on this one, and I'm going to do it 
just because of the results getting better at the end. Um, I don't know. I think that he's a guy that I, an interesting stat that I found um, while we were talking about the last match, New, uh, Snyder versus Kuhn, was uh, he lost to Luke Becker in his finals his senior year. But the two NCAAs before that, both NCAAs, Brian Snyder beat Luke Becker pretty handedly, um, which makes you think that if you were in that time, the guy has multiple wins over Luke Becker, probably thinking, yeah, he's got he's going to win it, you know? Um, but John Trench also had a win over Jake Rochelle his senior year, who ended up winning that weight class. I'm going to stick with Snyder. I feel like that's the move. I got Brian Snyder, too. I think this one's incredibly close, though. Um, yeah. Just read right. everything Jack said. Coach Roper, are you okay with going last? Yeah, I'll go last. All right. Well, I'm going to pick Trenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you with it. Uh, I'm going to pick Trenge. And I, I think, you know, when I'm thinking just about the finals matches, I, I tended to favor Brian Snyder a little bit because I think it's – in my head going through this bracket, I've always thought, like, when I look at these two guys, kind of who is the – who, like, hurts my soul more that they lost, right? And I think the, the two losses that Brian Snyder – had were, were really gut-wrenching but um with Trenge, i mean like seth said that that one season that he had where he was hurt and didn't get to wrestle and was probably the clear-cut guy um i think that really really does tip the scales in his favor for me um and then of course you know losing to kill sanderson is um i mean you don't really want to talk about losses but you lose the, the best of all time to do it and then um you know, probably had a little bit of a brain fart in the other final with, with Damian Hahn going out of bounds with 10 seconds left. Um, and he, he was seconds away um, from, from winning the title there. So I'm going to go trend. I'm going to leave it in Coach Roper's hands. Um, and let's see what you – what are you thinking? So I've been trying to decide how I would distinguish between these two because it's so razor close for me. So I was like, okay, at their best. So they wrestle in their best because – that's what you kind of got to look at with some of these guys in consistent performances. Um, well, at their best, man, it's a wash for me that, that both guys were the best guy in the weight. Well, how many years was it the best guy in the weight? I'm going to give both guys one. So each guy's got one year that I really feel they were the best at their weight. Um, you can argue a little bit with Schneider, but I wouldn't say he's better than TJ Williams on a whole. So even if you think that, it's probably a wash for me. Call it a tie. So how do I distinguish it? I'm going John Trenge on how good he was right away. John Trenge, for me, is the best to never win it. And you've kind of got that thing from his sophomore year like you guys have been talking about, which, man, I, I don't like a whole lot because you don't know. Um, he very well might not even be in this bracket. But you've got that kind of outlier out there. But I'm going Trenge by how successful he was right out of the gate. Um, how good he was, ranked near the top his entire career. John Trench, to my opinion, is the best to never win it from 2000 to 2020. All right. Well, we've got the finals set up. John Trench versus Mac Lunas. Uh, man, this is, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a really fun one to talk about. I don't know which way I'm leaning on this. Um, but before we talk about this particular matchup, I'm interested 
Um, and, and maybe you guys haven't thought about it exactly, but uh, what are some, I don't think any of us had this exact finals, you know, when, when we looked at the bracket originally. Right. And so for me personally, um, I think I had Tyler Caldwell and I mean, I, I was thinking like Montel Marion. Um, so that was, that was probably would have been my final if I had picked it just originally first looking at the bracket without talking about anything. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys would have had. Um, yeah, I'll go. I had Hayeswinkle and I think, I mean, that right side is like definitely interesting. I don't know who I had from the right side. I definitely had Hayeswinkle and Snyder in the semis and I thought uh, the winner of that would be the winner. Um, I feel like I voted against Tyrone Lewis, but like at first glance, he's a guy that I've always heard was the best to never win it or one of the best to never win it. And watching his finals match against Troy Letters, the announcers are like, dang, great career, one of the best to never win it. And so I guess that's stuck with me um, since childhood. Mitchell Port would have probably been out of that semis, but then – this is all first glance, so after research and stuff, I actually voted against both those guys. Um, I had Hayeswinkle winning it. Yeah, I think going in, I was Hayeswinkle, and uh, Moore was my other one. I think just That's how I was, too, yeah. I thought Moore, I mean, it's recency bias. I wrestled with him, and he was my time era, and I think that I think the thing that weighed heavy when I, originally when I thought on it was just the fact that I think he would have won it for sure this year, and that kind of – that kind of probably pushed me a lot to think that way and just because the hard feelings behind it all as well. And I think that that gave a little bias to that, but that's probably mine going into it. Hayes Winkle and more. Yeah. For me, it came down to whoever won between Trench and Snyder. Um, and I mean, you guys got me thinking about Hayes Winkle a little bit more. I need to go back and, and watch him compete collegiately a little bit more because I've got a lot of his freestyle stuff in my head and I think that's what's skewing me a bit. I need to go back and watch his collegiate career again. It's been a while since I've watched him wrestle any folk style stuff. Um, Other side, oh man, uh, Tyrone Lewis, man, I I just, some of the stories I've heard the Oklahoma State guys talk about him in the room and how good he was that it wasn't even close with some of the guys that were the best guys to win it. So for me on the other side, I think really looking at it and thinking about it, Tyrone Lewis plus he put a beating on me that I'll never forget in my whole life. And uh, I haven't wrestled many guys that I felt helpless against. I'm not kidding. He waited for me to blink and he hit me with a low single. He was just watching my eyeballs and I blinked and he was on my ankle. (laughs) And I don't, what do you do with that? I don't know. And not to mention the two super ducks he hit on me, one on the right side and then the right side was bad enough. He put one on the left side, and the very first thing to hit the mat was my nose. When he put, I'm so glad. I'm so glad Flo wasn't around then. Everybody be watching that highlight over and over and over again. Um, so the other side for me is, like I say, you've got man, you got Hayes Winkle, Tringe, and Snyder on that side of the bracket. So whoever comes out on the left side of this bracket's the winner for me. I, I'd be okay with any of those three guys, probably. Man. I've said this also a lot, but I think Poeta on the other side would have come out on top as well. Kuhn I think could that, have too. Yeah, Kuhn. 
uh, like a lot of these guys. When um, I first looked at it, Thomas Gilman was like anytime someone before this bracket, someone said best to never win it. Thomas Gilman was the guy that came to mind every time. So when he when Jacob and Jack were putting together this bracket, I was thinking Thomas Gilman's gonna go really far in it. My freshman year, we I had a conversation with George D. Camillos before the season started. I didn't even know I was gonna wrestle, and I was like, "Who do you think is gonna win 125?" Kind of baiting him because like I knew I wanted to wrestle, I knew I wanted to win. And he goes, "Oh, Thomas Gilman for sure," and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? You're supposed to be my teammate." And uh, yeah, I mean, people loved Gilman. I just think that when the lights yeah. shine, shined at least in NCAA, something something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I mean, we can go ahead and get into it then. Uh, John Trench versus Mac Lunas. Um, <laughs> this uh, this one, I, I honestly don't know which way I'm swaying. Um, is there is there anyone that that knows right now exactly which way they're going? Yeah, I'll yeah. jump in right away and go with go with Trench. I mean, coming out of that left side, it's hard to bet like. Bet against anybody that wins that left side of this bracket. You know the guys he went through to get to the finals here, and uh, yeah, I just think I just think it's got to be Trench, man. He was he was he was unbelievable, and um, compared to I mean Lunis, he had that streak of not getting taken down, but then you know Bruce stopped that, and uh, uh, they're both unbelievable, man. But it's got it's got to be Trench at this point. Yeah, you know? too much evidence. Trench went through right. Poeta. Hayswinkle, Simmons, Snyder. Yeah. It's cringe. Mm. Sam, what are you thinking? It's it's trend. I don't think anybody's gonna gonna say Lunas here. It's pretty simple. Jack? See, I wanna just say Lunas because <laughs> going off Lee's criteria, it was how many years they were the guy like that you thought they were gonna win. Lunas had two. I, I like it, using my own logic against me. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the sign of a good debater right there, man. That's what you do. Based off that, it's got to be Lunas. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess Seth Lee and Sam already went trench, so it's going to be trench. But I'm right there with you. I was leaning Lunas, and I'm going to I'm gonna stick with my vote and, and make it a close one at least. Um, but, yeah, I got Lunas. Like you said, that was the exact same thing I was thinking is he was the man for multiple years and, and – I just think that that's, that's something that's kind of hard to pass over for me. But um, we got John Trench as the winner, three to two vote. And I, I mean, definitely well, well uh, deserved. What happened there? Um, definitely well, well deserved. He completely destroyed um, his way through a, a bracket where Jack thought he was going to lose in round one. And so, <laughs> yeah, he made it all the way to the finals and, and did the dang thing. Man, I mean, looking back at this, this is a crazy bracket. This is a lot of fun. I think that people were most upset at the seeds, but that was the best part about it. Dude, I got freaking attacked for that. Goodness gracious. Hey, also, I have a question. Does this mean that Mac Lonis is the best and ever won it? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, James won it, so I guess I, so. I think Hayeswinkle has a has a good uh good right to that too because he said on Twitter he's like, "Wow, I was the one seed in the best to never win it bracket and didn't make the finals." <laughs> so yeah, 
Yeah, Lunas and, and Hayswinkle still got a got a, a good compelling story for that, but um, I gotta watch that John Trench documentary. I think that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. But Mac Lunas is winning on Twitter. Um, if I say any, I, I just want to point that out. But uh, man, well, thank you guys for coming on. I, I really appreciate it, and it was a great time. A lot of really good matches, fun to talk about. And we have now, at least in the HMA circles, have decided uh, who was the best to never win it in the last 20 years. That's Mr. John Trench. I appreciate everybody coming on. Man, does anybody have any any last words on the on the bracket before we close it out? I mean, that was that was fun, man. It was it was a blast going through that and getting some arguments here and there. But I think it was a cool thing to do and uh, give some of these older guys some love on here and uh, just yeah, just just bring back up and really look at some of the stats, the how great all these guys were. So it was, it was fun and glad we did it. And I'm I'm not going to be an ageist and limit it to 2000 now. Uh, Trench has got to wrestle Zapital out in the parking lot for really the best to ever win it. <laughs> yeah. So, Jacob, well, you want to tease our next project? Yeah, absolutely. So, we are actually uh, talking with, with Earl at the Open Mat, and we are going to be coming out with this week um, a, you know, we're working with the name here, but um, NCAA champion duels. And so over the last, we, we just did 16 years to make it an even 16 man bracket. Um, I went back and took the lineups from each year, the NCAA champions, right? So in 2019, the 10 champs, and I put them in a duel uh, are on a dual team. Um, and we went back for 16 years and made all 16 dual teams. And so we're going to go through and try to determine in the last 16 years, what was the best NCAA champion lineup that we had? Um, and we actually seeded it and we used, um, you know, NCAA championships, all American honors, Hodge trophy wins, all kinds of stuff to, to seed the bracket. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And our man Earl at the open mat is going to be helping us out with it. He's going to be going to be on the call with us and he's actually going to be writing articles about the duels over on the open mat.com. Uh, so we're going to kind of partner up with them for this project. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really Who's got the one seed 2005. So, 2005. Line up. <laughs> so here, I'll, I'll pull it up. Why not? Um, but it's man, it's it's gonna be cool. Can you guys see my screen? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So these are all the lineups of NCAA champs. <laughs> 2005: Joe Dubuque, Travis Lee, Tayon Ware, Zach Esposito, Ryan Burton, Johnny Hendricks, Chris Pendleton, Greg Jones, Jake Greg Jones, and Steve Mako. Um, yeah. What I did is I went through each year and I gave these guys points like I said, on their, their titles and Hodge trophy and all that kind of stuff. And, and basically I wanted it to be fair. So, you know, for example, uh, Joe Dubuque right here, he, uh, he won two titles obviously, but in 2005, he'd only won one title, right? So I gave him credit for, for one title here. And then in 2006, he was a two timer. So I gave him credit for two there to kind of make it even every, every year as to like where they were in that year. Um, but yeah, 2005 ended up coming up on top and the number two seed is so 2013. So what are we doing for 2005? You're saying go Pokes? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, 2013 is the number two seed. 
but it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, we're in the talks with uh, with Earl and the Open Matt about getting that out to you guys, uh, hopefully this week. So tune in for that on HMA and the Open Matt. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, but we should probably go ahead and sign off because I'm sure that all these guys got other stuff to do with their life. Um, but thank you again for coming on. Had a great time. I look forward to the future projects and we will see everybody next time.